Blog Talk Radio. What's up, NFL fans out there, and welcome to another edition of Cover 2 with McMillan and Purdue, the show where we talk nothing but NFL football, brought to you, of course, by War Room Sports. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan. I'm at the round table with my partner in crime. We got Fred Purdue in the building. What up, Fred? What's going on, man? We are so very, very close. So very, very close. So close. One day. One day. Kickoff. Kickoff in less than 24 hours. So we'd be remiss if we didn't get you this final show in our series of the 2019 NFL preview. We are on our last two divisions, the NFC North and the NFC West divisions. And we're also going to give you our season predictions as far as awards and playoffs and Super Bowl, people. So here we go. Let's get it in, Fred. All right, let's start with the NFC North Division, as Chris Berman used to call it, the NFC Norris. We're going to start with the Detroit Lions, who finished last season at a whopping 6-10. and 10. Uh, Really quick, Fred, why did Detroit finish 6-10 and 10 last season? Oh, man, you have a new head coach, new offensive scheme, new culture. Uh, when you have everything, all of that involved, and you still finish six and ten. It's not considered a very bad season, but you can see where this team is still trying to recover and find weapons. Um, the defense wasn't all that great. This team is one of those teams where they're just not good. At, they're in NFL purgatory still. They're just they just don't have the weapons on either side, uh, and the lack of a running game. It just uh, it hasn't really done much for them. Uh, Matthew Stafford's gonna is starting to get up there in age a little bit, and it just doesn't seem like he's ever gonna get out off of that six and ten, five and eleven, even seven and nine type of feel. I'm starting to wonder was his career a waste? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, and like you like you spoke of, um, new head coach. Um, he's trying to bring the quote unquote Patriot way over to Detroit. Good luck with that. Um, <laughs> Let's go to the offseason, though. What did this team do in the offseason that may have an impact on their fortunes this year? Well, you you draft TJ Hawkinson, which was a very nice pickup. I mean, when you you go get a guy that, for for whatever reason – this Detroit team keeps finding their way out of good tight ends, whether it was Brandon Pettigrew. He didn't work out. They let him go. Eric Ebron just Eric didn't Ebron. work out there at all. And he just went to – he went to Indy and just balled out. And so now you're getting TJ Hawkinson, who I think is probably one of the best tight ends coming out. And he gives you – he's not going to catch – he's not going to catch a soul. I mean, I'm sorry, he's not going to block a soul. But um he he's a he's the biggest mismatch on the field for them. They need some bigger big contested catch guys, guys that that'll help Matthew Stafford out in the middle of the field. Uh maybe an offensive lineman would have been a bit better of an, an option, but there wasn't anything there. Uh this will be fun to see. I mean, they love throwing the ball there, so and it just seems like if they can he can help out even a little in the run game. Just chip a guy. 
maybe, just maybe, uh, this running game uh, with Carryon Johnson will be an added an added help for this team. All right. Well, yeah, I, I really think, you know, let's talk about the outlook moving forward this season. I really think Detroit did a lot, you know, as far as additions to the team. Um, they added a lot of defensive talent. Um, as you mentioned, they had to revamp the, the, the tight end position once again. Um, and and the, the, the running game. But I want to talk a little bit about Matthew Stafford because for him, at least statistically, He's coming off a bit of a down season. And I say that because Matthew Stafford has always been that guy that, you know, none of us really, really, really believe in. But if you looked at Matthew Stafford just on paper, statistically, you know, he's always, you know, at least on paper, it looks like a, a very good quarterback. Um, might be a sign of the times, but when it comes down to it, I don't think a lot of people out there have that kind of confidence in them. Um but he has shown tremendous commitment to this franchise. Like his wife underwent brain surgery this off season, yet this guy still found a way to show up to um, the voluntary workouts. Uh, you know, he was there for, for training camp. Um, it, it, that That's basically commitment because within a franchise like Detroit, where you have, you know, some of the greatest players, of their particular eras, just quitting in the middle of their prime. It's kind of weird at this point to see somebody show this type of commitment to this franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, m- maybe some better things to come. I'm not going to call them flat out good, but maybe some better things to come from Stafford and this Detroit Lions team this year. What do you see from them? Uh, I think the defense will be a bit better. You bring over Trey Flowers from the New England Super Bowl winning uh, New England Patriots. You also bring in Mike Daniels, a defensive lineman from the Packers. That'll be huge. Their interior line should be pretty good. Uh, you also bring in Danny Amendola, another uh, the guy that has Super Bowl winning experience. Uh, it just seems like they're, they're trying to make this the Patriots North. Uh, Justin Coleman, another Patriot there. Uh, that's going to be – those guys can help with the idea of knowing that these some of these guys know what it takes to win. C.J. Anderson also on the other end of the Super Bowl last year, he got some he got some reps there. LeGarrette Blunt is gone, so you don't have to worry about another guy, an older guy taking up carries. Uh, they did lose Glover Quinn. They're, uh, he led the team in interceptions the last couple of years. I expect this team actually to do pretty well. I think with the way this division is, I don't, I'm not huge on a couple of teams in this division. Uh, if they can run the football a little bit better and protect protect Matthew Stafford, I think this team can can surprise some folks. Maybe even playoffs. Yeah, playoffs. Oh, um, me, I, I I wanted to give them one extra game, but I do think they've in, improved pretty dramatically. So I'm going to give them two extra games, and I'm going to say eight and eight for the Detroit Lions um, this season. I don't think they're going to be. In the playoffs, particularly because of just a, a tough NFC, but mm-hmm. you know I do see them working their way towards that. All right, let's go to the Green Bay Packers. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't give a, a, a win total. Uh, I'm I'm along the lines and you with you. Um, I'm I'm gonna give them one extra. I'm gonna be nice to them. Give them that nine and seven. Uh, okay, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um. 
All right, so let's go to the Green Bay Packers, uh, the franchise that used, you know once was the, the the class of this division. Um, last season they were six nine and one, not a very Packer like season, but has been their fortunes over the last few years. You know, Aaron Rodgers um, with the with the injuries and and, and things of that nature. This this team just hasn't performed up to um, standards the last few seasons. Um, why were they six nine and one last season in your opinion? Oh man, defense, defense, and defense, and we haven't even gotten to the head coach, quarterback, uh, just craziness. Mike McCarthy, good coach. Aaron Rodgers, hot-headed quarterback that just doesn't want to fall in line with what want, what the coach wants to happen. Uh, you know, you're changing plays at the line and just not agreeing with offensive philosophy. At some point, you have to you have to get better. And when you have one of the better pass-blocking offensive lines and they want to throw the football, it just it makes no sense to me. The, the line has to play better. They have to run the ball a little bit better to take pressure off of Aaron Rodgers. Um, and just the lack of playmakers. I mean, it just seems like they're losing playmakers left and right. Yeah. Um, so what did they do in the offseason? Oh, offseason was a, a pretty good one. Uh, you bring in Preston Smith uh, to help out the linebacking core. Zadarius Smith from the Ravens to help out on that, help out at the pass rush. Adrian Amos, who will fill in perfectly for uh, the loss of HaHa Clinton Dix, who hasn't really been much of a good player. Billy Turner comes in as also on the defensive side. Darnell Savage is their, their first round pick. Wasn't really expecting that one, but Unfortunately, you lose some big names. Randall Cobb, he's been a stalwart on this on this offense. He's the he's the go-to guy. And then Mike Daniels on the defensive line, he's always been a problem for every team he goes up against. Clay Matthews well, hasn't done much. That's I, I, we can cut bait with you. He hasn't. To be very honest, he hasn't done much in years. To be honest, and Nick Perry, he was just a guy. Right. All right. So the outlook on this team um, for me. I'm thinking uh, weaknesses. That's that's where I'm going to go first. Uh, weaknesses. Um, something that we don't usually say about the Packers. I mean, depth has always been an issue with them, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it's just a lot of youth. You know, you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, but you don't have a lot of experience around him outside of uh, Devontae Adams. Um, you know, you have a lot of young guys who who don't have much experience, including their new their new head coach Matt Lafleur. So, you know, that's a formula that for me, and like what I just mentioned when we were talking about Detroit, a very tough NFC right now. Even that division um, should play out to be pretty tough this year. I just don't think that that youth and inexperience is a formula. Um, even though we know what Aaron Rodgers can do and we know how he can lift the team when he's at his best, um, we just haven't seen that lately. And I just don't think, you know, the, the organization has helped them out too much on that front. So I, I see that as a real weakness. What is, what's your outlook on the team? Very much the same. Uh, depth is a problem. Uh, 
I, Aaron Rodgers is going to be Aaron Rodgers. Regardless of what happens, he's still going to make plays. But will he be enough by himself? Uh, if this run, if this offensive line can just block for him, and and can they get the run game going? Jamal Williams is a good player, but he has to. You have to really get this run game going. I think this team can be a. I, I don't want to be disrespectful to him, but I think this team, this division is a tough division in itself. This team could be an 8 and 8 type of team, but it could also be an 11 and 5 type of team. It just really depends on who can who can protect Aaron Rodgers. The defense will be fine. I think they're going to the secondary is coming together. They're finally getting to the point where they can they have Kevin King and and company on that other side. They can they have long athletic corners now. But I just – where are the points coming from? Aaron Rodgers can't just make every play. And in tight right. games, can run the football and 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 just maintain a W. It's not – it's one thing to outscore a team and go and say we'll be winning in shootouts. But you don't win a lot of shootouts when you're facing the Bears, the Vikings, the Broncos, the Eagles, the Cowboys to start a season. Those, those are tough defenses. And then you end up also playing the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Panthers, the 49ers. Very, very tough defenses. That's tough sledding. You can't throw the ball every play. Um, because of that, and I don't want to – I hate being disrespectful to this man, but I'm going to give this team an 8-8 eight eight type of record. All right. Well, me, myself, I mean, you did name you, – you ran off a bunch of tough teams that they will have to face. Caveat in that start the season they do have the first, you know first five five out of their first seven games at Lambeau Field so I think that um, will definitely be a big help and just out of pure respect for that man Aaron Rodgers and you know what he's able to do like I said when he's at his best I'm going to give this team a nine and seven season maybe with a pretty good start due to those games being at home but it's still going to be a struggle. Um, I haven't finishing at nine and seven. All right, so let's move on to those Minnesota Vikings, who uh, ended up disappointing a lot of people last season with a oh, eight, seven and one record after coming off a, um, an appearance in the NFC Championship game, even though they got destroyed by some team from that great city of brotherly show in that championship <laughs> game. They were supposed to come back and be that team. I mean, they came back, got some semi-revenge on the Philadelphia Eagles in that regular season game. Um, but ultimately, it ended up being the Eagles who snuck in and stole their final wild card spot. So, it all went full circle for them. Um, and they're being tormented by this team right now. They get another shot at them. Um in your opinion, real quick, why did they finish the season the way they did last season with an eight, seven, and one record? Offensive line. That's the easy this team has all the tools. I mean, you mm-hmm. have Kirk Cousins. I'm not a big fan of him. He's an average quarterback. He should not be a one hundred million dollar quarterback. I would not there there is no way I'd rather just be bad and we just work on getting a different quarterback. I would not <laughs> Uh, that's how bad I'm, I'm just, that's just how average he is. But, um, for me, when I look at this team, the offensive line is one of the worst offensive lines in the, in the league. And, um, 
that's going to hurt you. The defense I thought had a more had a bit more of an elite feel to it, um, but they finished in the top ten in points allowed and top five in yards allowed. That's great, but I just didn't think uh, when it mattered the most their linebackers weren't great. Uh, and do you, do you, if you want this team to win shootouts, mm, not, no, I, I want this team winning games twenty-one to ten. If we can, if you can give me two touchdowns on through the air and one on the ground at this NFL, and then the defense just do the rest, those are the type of games they win. Uh, but we'll definitely see. This is going to be a very interesting season, uh, especially for this team because this team has a lot of good pieces and they've added some more. I mean, if you add a good quarterback to this team, an elite quarterback maybe, or a young talent that can grow up with them, the team could be very scary. Okay. Now, what do they do in the offseason? I know they addressed that offensive line quite a bit. You add Garrett Bradbury, good pickup. Uh, Josh Klein, nice depth pickup. Uh, but also you add in Irv Smith Jr., the tight end from Alabama. He is a matchup nightmare. He is the definition of of a move tight end. He's not going to block a soul, but he is the he's too big. He's too quick for a linebacker. Too big for a DB. Uh, he is the he made a he made a made, he made a play in the in the preseason. I can't remember what game it was, but Kirk Cousins made a throw to him over the middle, and he just got out of there. He outran a safety in a corner, and that's what you want. That's what we saw for three years at uh, Alabama, where he was just a, a terror. And that's what you need. All right. So yeah, um, they like a like like you just mentioned. I threw that alley oop as I do. <laughs> um, the team definitely um, address what would be considered their Achilles heel, that offensive line that Fred talked about. Um, it remains to be seen, you know, if what they did is actually going to help this team because, like. Uh, we mentioned earlier the team is pretty much loaded, but except for in the most important positions on the football mm-hmm. field. Like I say, it doesn't matter what you're doing in the backfield, what you're doing on the outside and the edges, and what you're doing at the quarterback, what you're doing on defense. If those fat boys up front cannot keep the pocket clean for uh, your quote-unquote, as Fred would call him, average quarterback. I, I think a little bit higher of Kirk Cousins, but not much higher. Um, you know, but I think if those guys up there did their job, he could shine um, a little bit more. I think he's good enough for the talent that this team has. I mean, the team damn near went to the Super Bowl with Case Keenum, and I'd be hard-pressed to, to try to On the back Case of that Keenum. defense. Gotta say, you gotta preference. Oh no, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. But you know, Case Keenum did enough. You know what I mean? He didn't mm-hmm. go out there and lose them games. You know, the games that they lost, you couldn't put everything on him. Um, and when they got to the NFC Championship game, he just they just flat out got dominated. So, you know, if, if Case Keenum can utilize the talents on that team. And, and not lose games for him. I'm pretty sure Kirk Cousins could do the same thing if the rest of the team played up to that particular level. So where do you see this team finishing this season? 
because of this piss poor offensive line that they have out there. I mean, they you could, we could throw you out there and you could at least block a soul for maybe two plays. Uh, but I mean, this thing is this thing. It, it, they are literally going to a zone based system uh, when it comes to the running game to help out because they have a mismatch of different linemen to help out Dalvin Cook, which is going to be a huge piece of their offense again because without him, he, I mean, you could see when when he first got to the league, you could tell he was destined for being a really good back. So he looks like he's adapting to that, and maybe, just maybe, if that running game can can help out that passing game, which that offense finished at, finished 19th last year. You can't do much worse than that. So uh, if you if that infusion of help helps them out, they may have a chance. But even with that, I still think this team finishes at the bottom of this division. I think the defense has taken a step back. I think Xavier Rhodes is no longer a top five corner. I think he's lost a step. Uh, Harrison Smith is a is one of the best safeties in the league, but he can't do it all by himself. Anthony Barr is still there, but losing Sheldon Richardson up front, that's going to hurt. Daniil Hunter is going to get a ton of double teams. I'm giving this team a 5-11 and 11 record. Very disappointing. This is going to be Fred and myself. This is going to be our first drastic difference of opinion throughout Uh-oh. the whole preview because I'm about to shock you. Uh-oh. I have this team. Um, you know, basically, I, I don't think their defense is going to be dominant like they were two seasons ago. But I do think because of the chemistry that they may have because the defense is, you know, pretty much the same as it's been for the last four or five seasons, um, I think they'll be good enough. I think the offense will improve. I'm not, you know, 100% sure what that line is going to do. But I have this team being a little bit of a surprising team this season, and I'm about to really shock you with this one. I got them returning to the playoffs. And I got them returning to the playoffs with an 11 and 5 record. So we went total inverse on this. We got 5 and 11. We got 11 and 5. We'll see who finishes at least the closest. Um, I guess if they just don't make the playoffs, then either way, you'll win that one. But we'll see how it goes. All right. So that's our first, like, super drastic disagreement like a lot of these things we pretty much think the same but there's always that one there's always that one Fred where we're like totally, mm-hmm. yeah. different planes um luckily for me this year it's not about the New York Giants all right so um, let's go to last year's division winner that is the Chicago Bears uh the, the monsters of the midway if you still want to call them that they finished with a 12 and 4 record last season. Why were the Bears so good um, this past season? Defense, defense, and – no, I'm sorry. Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack, and – oh, Khalil Mack. <laughs> he was a complete terror. He did more in one season by himself than one whole team that he left uh, that decided to let him go. I Silliest move I've ever seen in, in my lifetime as far as trades have gone. I – don't get what the Raiders do, but then again, the Raiders are the Raiders. So you add in that you 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 have Mitchell Trubisky, not great, not good, just solid. 
Uh, he did enough. The running game did enough. Tariq Cohen, uh, he is a human joystick, and he just does whatever he wants to people. Uh, this team is in a uh, – the defense is literally um, – it can they can score points, and that's what really helps this team go where they go. Um, the offense is more of this supplemental unit. Eddie Jackson out of Alabama was a complete steal in the third round. Um, now you, you have a chance to really bolster that defense. You brought in some extra pieces. And if Trubisky even takes a little bit of a jump, this team's really scary. Yeah, I mean, this, this definitely, um, definitely, definitely is uh, a very good football team. I'm not sure exactly if they can follow up on what they did last season. Um, you're going to be a little bit of the hunted. Um, I hope they've addressed <laughs> to their liking their their need for a place kicker. Um, that was pretty much the reason they didn't advance in the playoffs last season. I'm mm-hmm. a Philadelphia Eagles fan, and I will be the first to admit that <laughs> wholeheartedly um, that uh, we still had uh, the homie on the payroll, and he double-doinked it for us. Um, you know, we all go into the locker room together, just like old times and celebrate. Um, yeah, for me, well, before we do that, let let me know what they did in the offseason um, to improve upon that 12-4 record. So the only move that I didn't like, uh, but they kind of made, they kind of did a push on it because they drafted a guy. They let go of Jordan Howard. Uh, that was a, and that was a trade if I remember correctly. Um, and he actually went to, he went to your, your Eagles. Adrian Amos is now gone. So that hurts. He's gone on to the Packers. So you, you've lost that aspect of things. I'm sorry. He went to the Lions. Sorry. Um, but when I look at this team, I look at the fact that they've added more pieces to the defense. You go out and get HaHa Clinton Dix. Well, that helps you out because guess what? Now he's able to – he knows what the Packers defense does. So now you have inside information on one defense. You add in Riley Ridley, the brother of Calvin Ridley of the Falcons. So now you've added in another piece on offense who a nice possession receiver. Mike Davis to the running back stable. He can be a, a nice depth guy. Buster screen and it can be a nice uh, nickel corner. Uh, you can add in those pieces and that helps out that defense that allowed the fewest points, third fewest yards, and forced the most turnovers in the NFL. So the, you can see where they're going. They want to be a physical run heavy team, a lot of RPO stuff. You want to be a physical defense and you want to make people turn the ball over a lot. Um, it sounds like a college team. I really like a lot down in South beach uh, where they just everything, they are an aggressive group and they just get after people. No doubt. Um, for me, I don't, I mean, they lost their defensive coordinator. Um, there's some people out there who would say, you know, with the talent they have, that wouldn't matter much. Um, I think it matters. Um, and I, I, I don't think that the Bears are going to force as many turnovers as they did last season. But, I mean, come on, that that's a safe bet because they forced so many turnovers last season. But um, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't get a great read 
from the offense this year. Like, to me, Mitchell Trubisky consistency is something that I still need to see from him. You know what I'm saying? I've seen his ups. I've seen his downs. Um, Sometimes I think that the kid is, is flat out lucky. I'll just put it like this. Like, he still hasn't proven to me that I can just fully trust him to be that guy, the, the, the face of the franchise. Let me go out and lead this team. Um, if any other units aren't doing, aren't playing up to par, like, can he just step in and be that guy? And I'm not sure I believe in that yet. Um, so as far as this season goes, I have the bears taking a step back from 12 and four back down to, I'm going to call it 10 and six. What about you? Uh, you hit the nose on the button, or the button. So for me, uh, or I, I really, I like this team. I don't love this team. Twelve and four was last year's record. I'm gonna bump them a, a one game down. Uh, when you look at the schedule, and, and of course, the way I look at schedules, I say, how many good quarterbacks are you facing? That's instantly we can we can kind of whittle those games down because quarterback de- determines so much. Um, when you st- when you talk about this season, th- their schedule going forward, um, you literally have the the Packers early. Okay, that's a th- first game jitters. I can live with it's Aaron Rodgers, so anything can happen there. But then you get to feast on guys like Joe Flacco and Dwayne Haskins slash Colt McCoy slash Case Keenum. Uh, you also get Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr. Uh, then, then we get into the meat of the season. That's when things get a little murky. Uh, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff. That's when things get a little bit more uh, more murky for me. So if you can get that early season, maybe five and one, I can see this team starting off five and one before they get a bye week. Bye week's a little bit early for me, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, I can see this team winning. This team is going to be an eleven and five team. All right, eleven and five for the Bears. I have them at ten and six, so we'll see how that plays out. All right, let's go to our final division of our preview, and that's the NFC West. We'll start off with the last year's three and thirteen Arizona Cardinals. Um, the Cardinals were just flat out bad last season. Um, we all kind of saw what happened, but Fred, if you want to give everyone a refresher, why were the Cardinals so bad? 2018. Oh man, when you talk about this team, you talk about you lose so much. Um, you lose. You lost a head coach. That that's never always unfairly. One, one in one. A. I mean, you bring in a guy and you say, "Hey, I want you to leave my franchise." Hey, by the way, we're done with you. We, we, we want to get rid of you. We want to get rid of the quarterback. We're going to draft number one. We're going to bring a guy in from college who has never had any success. What are you doing? They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't pass the ball. They couldn't do diddly poo, as my boy Jim Morris said. <laughs> yeah. This um, team's bad. So, what did they do in the offseason? Uh, somebody told me that they went out and got another quarterback. 
Yeah, I heard about that whole with the first pick in the NFL 2019 NFL draft. The Cardinals drafted Oklahoma quarterback Kyler Murray, little old Kyler Murray. So uh, they changed offenses, went to an air raid offense. I'm very interested to see how this is going to look. I actually might take in this team playing a certain Tampa team at the end throughout this year. Uh, they'll have a few games under their belt at that point. Um, but you also bring in Terrell Suggs. You bring him in to finish his career at home. You bring in Marcus Gilbert to help the offensive line. Uh, you go get Byron Murphy at corner. That's a big help. DJ Swearinger gets kicked off of the Washington team, so he comes back over to Arizona. Bring in Brooks Reed, a, a veteran pass rusher. Charles Clay to help out in the in the pass game as an H-back. Uh, you let go of Josh Rosen. I think Josh Rosen could have ran this offense just fine. Uh, you let go of Mike Ayupati. Uh, he he hasn't really been good in a few years, uh, but that offensive line struggled anyway. Marcus Golden, a pass rusher, is gone. Uh, former draft pick Robert Kendichi is also gone. So uh, he hasn't really he didn't really do much of what we expected him to either. So this team is really in complete rebuild mode. Right, but this team is also in just panic button mode because I really don't understand some of the moves that they made last season, For you know, especially with the coach and the quarterback. Like, you drafted Josh Rosen, I mean, at, the point, at that point in time, did you not have some confidence in him? And do you not understand that, you know, most rookie quarterbacks in this league are going to struggle, especially when they're on a pretty bad team? So I, I just don't understand why the panic button was hit, um, why the coach deserved to be fired. Um, I think this team is going into this season with some pretty bad karma, but I am looking forward to seeing the number one pick get down. Kyler Murray has had his struggles um, in the preseason, um, but I see a lot of pundits out here picking him to be the offensive rookie of the year. Um, I mean, that could be an easy pick considering – you know, he'll most likely start from day one, um, win, lose, or draw. You know, if he gets half decent numbers, it's kind of hard to beat a quarterback in the in the offensive rookie of the year um, voting anyway because, you know, they're going to have more opportunity to think. Um, but I think he's going to take his lumps, man. I think he's going to struggle. Um, just like I said, you know, he's not coming to the greatest team. If, if so, he wouldn't have been the number one pick on this particular team. Um, but I think he's going to take his lumps, and I just don't see good things uh, this season for the Arizona Cardinals. What say you on the outlook of this team? Uh, this team, it's not going to be good. Uh, you bring in, again, Marcus uh, Marcus Gilbert to help out on the offensive line. Uh, you get David Johnson back, but what has he done in the last few years? I mean, with the wrist injury <laughs> and the offensive line, yeah. Uh, one, also, you know that whole – we had a little breaking news, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but you know that whole – Paying running backs thing, he's the, one of the exact reasons why I would never pay running backs quarterback money, even if it is lower-tier quarterback money. Uh, right. They This team had one bright spot. Last year, they had the fifth most sacks in the in the league with 49. Uh, that's very good. I mean, one, one guy in uh, Chandler Jones had 13, but still um, – 
when I look at this team, can they get after the quarterback? Can they can they play a little ball control? Because the problem with this offense that they're bringing in in this air raid spread offense is it's a tempo type of offense. And when I say tempo, it's a no huddle type of offense. They move really, really fast. And the only problem with that is if you're not getting first downs and consistently moving the ball up and down the field, you're going to gash your defense. And if you gash your defense, good luck. Because guess what? You're going up against teams just in your division. You have the 49ers, you have the uh, the Rams, and you have uh, the Cardinals. And I'm sorry, then the Seahawks. So you might not want to gas that defense out way too quickly. And you see these issues happening happening at the college level too. When you look at teams like Oklahoma, where they score a ton of points, but then your defense is on the field a ton. So where are the resources going? That's going to be one of the questions that I have for this team. Uh, I can see this. I see this team being a typical, uh, typical team where the quarterback is young. There's not a lot of pieces to work with. Larry Fitzgerald is still there blocking DBs into oblivion. Christian Kirk will catch a ton of passes, but it'll all be for not uh, four and ten type of record for me. Or I'm sorry, four and twelve type of record for me. Wow, um, we're 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 exactly on the same page with this one. Um, I have them as you are winning. One more extra game this season. I think the rookie quarterback, like I said, is going to take his lumps. Um, you mentioned how things could go if the defense doesn't help them out. Um, it, it, it's going to be, I'm not even going to say it could be, it's going to be a long season for the Arizona Cardinals. Let's talk about the San Francisco 49ers. Now, this is a team that finished 4-12 and last season. But this is also a team that a lot of people think could be much better than that 4-12 and record. A lot of that hinges on the health of their quarterback, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and not only his health, like he needs to stay healthy so we can get to see him play in more games so we can see if he's actually as good as the contract that they ended up paying him. So, you know, with the obvious reasons of Garoppolo going down last season, what other reasons did you see um, that led them to that four and twelve record. Secondary, uh, the front seven's really good. I mean, they bolstered that front seven up with guys like Kawan Alexander and D Ford. So this secondary, uh, you have to you have to come up. Um, they gave up the fifth most points in this in the league last year. You can't win games even with a bad even with an average backup quarterback if your defense is top five, top ten, even middle of the road. 14 to 16, you'd at least have a chance. Nick Mullins didn't play bad. Um, this team has to, it, it, we need to see Jimmy Garoppolo be the Jimmy Garoppolo we saw in New England before the injury, as well as the same Jimmy Garoppolo we saw early on in those last five games of the season when he was traded. All right. And we, you know, in the offseason, we got guys like Contavious Street posting videos, squatting 700 pounds. His ass needs to squat some offensive linemen um, <laughs> and not worry about being the Internet's workout warrior. Um, Definitely. But this team has a lot to prove, in my opinion, because, like I said, a lot of pundits think they're better than the 4-12 and record that they showed um, last season. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm waiting to sit back and see if that can actually happen. Um the the 
injuries definitely played a big part of what happened to them last season. Um, 13 players, to be exact, went on season-ending IR. Um, And as we mentioned earlier, that included their highly paid, unproven quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, um, who probably should be a patriot at this moment. But Robert Kraft, you know, told Belichick FOH when he was ready to move on from Tom Brady and give the keys to that that luxury car to um, Jimmy Garoppolo. All right, so an outlook on this on this particular team. Um, what, what, what's your thoughts with what this they team, added in the off season? What's your outlook? Uh, added in the off season, Nick Bosa. Uh, I, I I lost a lot of respect for him. I I liked him in college, but after his comments, I hope you have a really bad season. Uh, anyway, I do, um, and I agree. But I still think <laughs> dude's a beast. He's a beast. <laughs> I root for your brother. He's a, now we know he's a maga beast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then he has a lot of red on every for at least eight games. Uh, nonetheless, uh, I try to keep my personal feelings out of this one, but I hope you don't have a good season. Uh, Quan Alexander comes over from Tampa. D Ford, the be- the MVP of the league in my opinion from last year. Uh, without his help, New England would not have another Super Bowl, a sixth one. That is. Uh, so thank you, D Ford. You can go on. You you now should be. Highly compensated. Tevin Campbell comes over. I'm sorry, Tevin Coleman comes over from uh, the Atlanta Falcons. I think that's going to be huge, especially with Jarek McKinnon, who got paid big money. Again, another big money running back who got paid and has not shown up on the field because he tore his ACL last year. And now he's out again because of a, a complication with his knee. Don't pay these running backs tons of money. I don't care how old they are. Don't pay them. Um, Jordan Matthews comes over from Philly and wherever else he's been to do absolutely nothing. Uh, how you how you related to the goat and you can't catch a cold? Um, and Debo Samuel, he'll be a nice slot receiver option coming out of South Carolina. They lost Earl Mitchell, not a big loss. Again, this front seven: Eric Armstead, Solomon Thomas, DeForest Buckner, and now Joe. Uh, I almost called him Joey Nick Bosa. Uh, this is going to be a hell of a front seven. They lost Reuben Foster, but he was he was beating on his girlfriend. So, FOH, dude, goodbye. Um, this okay. de- this team is going to go where this defense takes them. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and company are going to. I think they can run the football a, a ton. Uh, with this zone-based system, the Shanahan's have been running this system forever and a day. Every running, you can put me and you back there. We'll still put up a thousand yards and. As long as the quarterback just doesn't F it up, not too bad. Um, this team is going to be a 7-9 and nine type of team. That's what Ooh. I've been feeling from the team. Something just not good enough, but keep adding pieces. Maybe find Richard Sherman's successor in the following years. You know, you had a chance to go draft Greedy Williams this year. Um Go find some of those successors to some of these able players. Go find you a, a strong safety to go compliment Adrian Colbert, uh, by the way, from the U. Um, go find some guys that can help out, some young, infusion of talent in that secondary, and I think this team will be fine going forward, but 7-9 and nine this year. All right. Um, we are back on the same page, and we did have a U mention, so got to do what we got to do. 
Um, I, we are definitely on the same page with this. Um, I have them at seven and nine as well. And I think the question mark on this team is what is the defense going to be able to do? I like Kyle Shanahan as an offensive mind. Um, I even, you know, even with the stuff that I said about him being unproven and all that kind of stuff, I have somewhat, you know, I have a good bit of confidence in Jimmy Garoppolo. From when he's played, from what he's shown us so far, you know, the dude flat out wins games. So let's see if he can stay healthy and win games on a consistent basis, not just flashes in the pan. Um, I have confidence in him being a pretty good quarterback this season. Like I said, I do have confidence in Kyle Shanahan. But though the pundits have this team being as high as a 10 and 16, I'm with you. One baby step at a time, I think they're going to end up with something around a 7 and 9, 8 and 8 record. For now, let's call it 7 and 9. I'll, I'll agree with Fred on that one. And let's move on to the Seattle Seahawks who had a record of 10 and 6 last season. Um what what did they look like last season? How they end up 10 and 6? Uh Seattle I know you you're, you're going to be fantasy drafting in a minute. <laughs> yeah, no man. It, it actually just as you said that I I heard the heard the sounder for it. So I'm kind of doing a little double duty, but that's no problem, no problem, no problem at all. Uh, I might have a Seattle Seahawks in there somewhere, but they made a big move. Uh and we'll talk about that in a minute, but uh this team went where Russell Wilson took them. Uh, unfortunately, they lost my guy Doug Ball, and I love Doug Ball. And he was Russell he Wilson wasn't took him to the bank. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He took him to the bank, but he, unlike a lot of these players, when he get when he got paid, he got paid because of what he did. That team went where he took them. Um, he was, I mean, last year I said he would probably possibly be uh, the MVP of the league, and I mean, you could make an argument that if you got rid of him off his off that team, that team was not great offensively. They didn't they ran the ball really well, but he's a big catalyst of that run game. Uh the defense isn't the same. Uh the Legion of Boom isn't there anymore. That was those were some fun years. But we're in the Russell Wilson era now. Seems like it took forever, but we're in the Russell Wilson era now and uh, they're still throwing the ball around the yard, but they're a physical football team. And uh, ten and six, unfortunately, they, the way they lost in the playoffs were still sting. Uh, but I think you're going to see a lot of the what's what you saw last year: a heavy run game, leading top five in the league in rushing yardage again as a team. Uh, and you're going to see a little bit of a difference on defense. I think they're getting a little bit more to that old Legion of Boom. It's at least in the front seven. Right. Oh, and we got a. The- finger to their head coach in Earl Thomas. Yeah, of course. The, the crazy part about it, though, coming into this season, you know, throughout the preseason, um, many thought that the defensive line had turned into this team's weakness. Um, fast forward a couple of weeks, they make a trade for Jadavian Clowney. Now you have Clowney on one side and you have uh, Ziggy Anza on the other side. And your defensive line, at least the edge rushers, don't look so bad anymore. So, you know, some of the questions have been answered in one fell swoop about this team. Um, but what else did they do in the offseason? And what is your outlook 
uh, on the Seattle Seahawks for 2019? Oh, my outlook for this team, uh, a lot of the same. Uh, you bring in Jadavian Clowney. Uh, the Texans got jobbed in that in that trade, but who? I mean, when you're in a, when you're a shrewd negotiator, uh, you do what you have to do. Uh, when I look at how this team is offensively, you're going to get a ton of DK Metcalf over the top if he can stay healthy. Uh, you'll also see a ton of Russell Wilson just making backyard plays, the typical backyard plays. Uh, that's what we want. That's what you're going to want to see. Um, also, what you'll see from this defense, the front seven is going to get after people, and I can't wait to see that. I really can't wait to see how this front seven gets out, especially with Jadavian Clowney. He's not the best pass rusher, but LJ Collier's for that's what he's for. That's what Bobby Wagner's for to get after. You can blitz him a little bit. KJ Wright as well. Jadavian Clowney can set the edge, stop the run, which he does really well. Uh, I actually, if, I'll make sure I post that video up that I uh, of what I what we've been watching of Jadavian Clowney throughout his career, and he's going to be a very interesting player. All right. Um, for me, um, like I said, my, my biggest concern was the defensive line and the pass rush. Um, they have addressed that, which is Davian Clowney. Um, Russell Wilson, we know, is the heart and soul of this team, at least Russell Wilson and, and Bobby Wagner, who both um, got hefty extensions um, pretty, pretty, pretty recently. So they have some incentive to go out there and continue to be um, the heart and soul of this team. Um, they're they're like the the last men standing from those dominant Legion of Boom teams that you spoke about earlier, um, and they pretty much deserve to be. Uh, quick stat for everybody out there: the Seahawks, Sea Seahawks, the Seahawks. That's a good nickname for them. If I ever start to hate them, the Seahawks haven't won fewer than nine games since Russell Wilson has been at the helm. Um, so I see a few people out there picking them to be something like eight and eight, maybe even seven and nine. Because of that stat, I think it actually continues myself. I'm going to have them finishing at nine and seven. Um, I can, I can definitely agree with you on that one. Um, when you look at schedule, it's going to – they the, the division isn't that bad outside of one team in L.A. Um, I see this team as being a, about a same in that same ballpark. Seven and nine, eight and eight will win this division, unfortunately. Uh, it just – this this will, or at least will get you second place in this division. I think they're going to give the Rams a really nice run for their money. We'll give them nine and six. Yeah. Yeah, and the Rams have an issue that they're going to have to deal with, and we're going to talk about it right now. Um, Let's talk about the Rams, the winner of this division last year, and the runner-up in the Super Bowl. They finished the regular season at 13-3. and Now, the Rams still have a very talented team. Um, You you still have arguably and almost universally, but a lot of people – um, have a couple more opinions on that, but they have the person that's pretty much considered the best defensive player in the year. I mean, best defensive player in the league in uh, Aaron Donald. Um, they have a quarterback fresh off a of inking uh, a brand new extension, which makes his guaranteed money uh, historic. 
in the NFL, $110 million guaranteed for Jared Goff. Um, so they, you know, they have a lot moving forward. Um, Todd Gurley is still in the fold. We don't know what that knee is going to hold, but they still, you know, they, they picked up. For my sake, I, I need it to hold. <laughs> they, For they, my they sake. picked up some insurance. But my yeah. question to you is, with all this talent, are they going to, you know, continue to run roughshod through this division and maybe contend for another Super Bowl? Or are they going to have that dreaded Super Bowl hangover where, in most cases, that runner-up doesn't even make the playoffs? In most cases, not all, um, would say you. I mean, we, we know what they were last year. So let's talk about what they added and, and what your outlook for them is this season. Uh, for me, I really, what I really hope for this team is that you don't see a Super Bowl hangover because what you'll get is a team that just falls apart. You know, they fall, they fall badly. Um, but I, I don't think so. I think you're going to pick up where they left off. This offense has been moving the ball pretty well over the last couple of seasons. Um, Sean McVay has been a complete godsend for this team. Uh, I think what you're going to see is a lot of of the RPO game coming back. You're going to see a little bit more of a, some help in D'Angelo Henderson uh, for the for the Rams, helping Todd Gurley keep his knee intact. Um, I want to see more. I just want to see more and more of this team. Uh, I think this team's going to win 12 games. I think they'll take a little bit of a step back. But not much. Give me twelve and four. Uh, right, twelve and four from thirteen and three. Um, I think I will go eleven and five uh, for the Rams this season. Um, there's a couple of issues on the the defense. Um, everybody, everybody in the NFC at least, is, is going to be gunning for this team, of course, because they were in the Super Bowl last season representing the NFC. Um, but like like I just said, they're, they're still loaded. Um, so it's a matter of – I'm always leery of teams, not even just because of, we know of the cliche of the Super Bowl hangover. Just any team that, you know, has a great season, gets to the end and kind of flames out, I know that's difficult to take mentally. So I'm I'm interested to see their mental approach coming into this season. So I'll give them an 11 and five record. They still will run away, not run away, but they still will take this division. Um, and we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. Let's do our uh, predictions for the postseason awards real quick. Um, and if yeah, we we can just we can just run down our list. Uh, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Uh, I'll let you go first. All right. I'm going to run down my list, starting with the coach of the year. One more. Let's 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 give one more for the fat man. Andy Reid, coach of the year, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, another team where I think the mental approach is going to be important because of how they finished the season. Probably they probably finished the season in a more devastating and disappointing fashion than anyone. Um, so I'm going to go with Andy Reid because I think he's going to keep it together, and I think they're going to be right back in the mix. Um, comeback player of the year, 
I had that being Le'Veon Bell. You know, he sat out last season, hold, held out for the entire season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, got his money, even though he lost a lot of money in the process. I think he will come back um, and be a great addition to that New York Jets team and improving New York Jets team. Defensive rookie of the year, I got the MAGA man, Nick Bosa. Um, <laughs> don't don't want to see him do this, but he's the pick at the moment. Offensive rookie of the year, where a lot of people are going Kyler Murray. Uh, I'm having trouble seeing it right now. I'm going to go Josh Jacobs. I think he's going to get Uh-oh. a lot of opportunity oh. over there. I think he's going to get a lot of work, a lot of touches, um, and be able to put up some good numbers for that team. Defensive player of the year. This is difficult for me. It was between Miles Garrett and Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald, in my estimation, is the undisputed greatest defensive player that we have in the league right now. And it's usually a situation where – I'm going to just keep picking you until you prove otherwise, but I'm going to go out on a limb just because I want to be different from myself. I'm arguing with myself, and I'm going to take Miles Garrett as the defensive player of the year, offensive player of the year. It won't be Zeke and his $50 million guaranteed. I think it's going to be the other running back in his division who might be a better running back than Zeke. There's been a lot of talk, especially today, after that contract has been agreed to and signed, Mm -hmm. you know, because he got the money of the best running back in the league. Everybody's now, you know, just open to calling him the best running back in the league without contest. I think Saquon is going to show Zeke and everybody else that that, that, that's not true this year. Saquon Barkley. MVP. Not a lot of people in this league is going back-to-back with that, and this was a difficult choice for me because there are a lot of good um, candidates going. Are you going with the default? (laughs) I'm going to go with the Patrick, man. I'm going to go with Mahomey. Um, Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs. All right. What say you on the awards tip? All right. So we're kind of on the same wavelength here when it comes to – Coach of the year, give it to Andy Reid until I'm gonna go with Andy Reid until him and Pat Mahomes break up. That's just you can put this in ink until those two break up, okay? Then we can erase the ink and start over. Um, uh, comeback player of the year. This one was tough because it was I, when I thought about it instantly, I said Cam Newton. That was the first thing that came to my mind, and I'm like, hmm. Then I said Earl Thomas, maybe Jimmy G. But I think Cam Newton's going to have an axe to grind with some folks, and and I think that's going to be the huge thing for him. Um, when I look at this team, as when I look at that team, I look at how they don't have a ton of weapons. He's going to have to make big play after big play after big play, and can he do it? Sure. Will his body hold up? Who knows? That yeah, that was all, that's what I was about to say. I'm like, that's a great pick, but I don't even think Cam is fully healed and fully healthy, so. Going out on the limb there. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a tough one uh, for me. But also for me, as far as uh, defense defensive rookie of the year, we have the Maga Man. Uh, no, we. I'm not even going. He's not even an option. So I don't even care if he wins it. He's not an option. So Quinnen Williams, Devin White, or L.J. Collier. 
defense guys that get a ton of tackles. We love linebackers that get tons and tons of tackles. Give me Devin White, linebacker, Tampa. He's going to be huge uh, for that team. Uh, as far as as far as offensive rookie of the year, I don't want to give it to Kyler Murray, but it's very hard not to give it to Kyler Murray. Uh, he's a quarterback. He touches the ball the most. Uh, you have to. You almost have no choice in that situation. Uh, when we talk, uh, MV, I'm sorry, offensive. I'm sorry. Uh, what was it? What was defensive, defensive player, player of the year? Yeah. Khalil Mack. Not even close. Uh, offensive player of the year. I'm giving it to my to my homeboy Mahomes, and MVP goes to Mahomes as well. Back to back, to sweep. All right, so we are almost done with our 2019 NFL preview. All we have left to do is to tell you people who are, who's going to make the playoffs and who's going to win the Super Bowl. We are going to start out with the. Let's flip it this time. I was going to go AFC first. Let's go NFC first. I'll give my NFC pick all the way up to the Super Bowl, and then you can do yours, and then we'll finish it off with the AFC. Um, NFC. NFC East. I have my Philadelphia Eagles winning that division. Uh, The NFC North, as you heard in in our preview, um, I don't know if you remember all the records I doled out, but if you remember them, you would – Come to the conclusion that I have a surprise winner in this division. I have the Vikings winning the North. I have the Saints winning the South, even though I think the records could come out to something crazy, like a two-way or even a three-way tie. I got the Saints breaking that tie as the, as the division winner. I have the Rams winning the West. As the wild cards, I have the Bears and the Falcons as my wild card team, the NFC championship game will feature my Philadelphia Eagles versus the New Orleans Saints. And yes, I still have the Eagles not being able to get over that Saints playoff hump. This will be the third time in as many tries since 2013 against this team in the playoffs that we will not be successful And even though I said I think this is do or die, this might be the last opportunity for the Saints, I think they finally bust through with this opportunity and make it to the Super Bowl. Who you got in the NFC? All right, so NFC, we have division winners, Rams, Bears, Saints, Eagles. That's not even a question. That's very easy. My wild cards, uh, we'll say, ooh, that's tough because Atlanta – that's the one that really you got Atlanta, you got Carolina you got Seattle Minnesota, you I can't leave Seattle. Seattle out of that <laughs> Seattle and I'm sorry Detroit I can't do I can't trust you Seattle and um, Carolina Dallas no <laughs> Dallas no Dallas sorry you guys are 8-8 eight eight. sorry Yeah. Uh, and you said, can you repeat that? I, you kind of went in and out. Sorry. Oh, your your wild card. You have Seattle and who else? Seattle and Carolina. Okay. NFC Championship game. NFC Championship game. Uh, we we have a the Saints got a lot to say about this whole rematch thing. Uh, Saints Rams rematch. No, I'm and sorry. Who? Saints Eagles. Sorry, I'm Saints Eagles. 
Ooh, that's a tough one. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, LA. You can't. You're not gonna get back. Sorry, Saints Eagles. Sorry. <laughs> and who goes to the Super Bowl from the NFC? Uh, a little bit of revenge. Sorry, uh, we're not gonna see each other in the Super Bowl. You already know who my pick is on the other side. So, uh, Drew Brees <laughs> gets one more crack at it. That's why I saved the AFC for last because I know who your pick was. All right. Well, you can start it off. Go. You do your AFC. Let me know. Uh, for the AFC, uh, this one's easy. Uh, Pats, Chiefs, Texans, Steelers, uh, Chargers for the wild card, and that last one. I, something tells me that something something just really tells me the Browns have something to say about this thing. <laughs> but I can't, with a good conscience, I can't do it. I can't do it for the life of me. Um. If we're talking AFC, I'd probably have to go with the, those pesky, pesky Ravens who just – the defense is going to carry them into this thing, and Lamar Jackson makes a little bit of noise. All right, AFC championship. Oh, all right, so AFC championship. Pats Chiefs, rematch. Uh, no one else matters. Uh, it's just it's just the way it is. Um Maybe we might have a, a new AFC champion. Who knows? Well, you let me know. Are we? No, <laughs> uh, no, nah, not not likely. Uh, our, our Super Bowl is the Chiefs. Oh, I'm sorry, the uh, the Patriots and the Saints. Uh, Patriots and Patriots, Patriots Saints, and yeah. the Saints will represent for Fred. AFC for me. Um, the East Patriots, North. Steelers, South, Texans, West, Chiefs, Wild Cards, Chargers, and yes, I will pick the Browns, even with all the hype that I don't particularly believe in. It was difficult for me to find another Wild Card, and I gave a lot of thought to the Ravens as well, but I'm going to give that to the Browns. My AFC Championship game, Chiefs versus Patriots rematch this time. I believe in you, Fat Andy. Chiefs versus Saints in the Super Bowl, I have the Chiefs and Andy Reid winning his first Super Bowl, immediately vaulting him to the coaching Hall of Fame. What say you, Patriots versus Saints, who's going to win it? Patriots, Saints. Drew Brees, I'm sorry. But the only way that the, the NFL is rooting for you to lose, why Tom Brady gets seven, and he walks away, and the rain and the era of Belichick Brady is over. Brady goes walks. He rides off into the sunset. We have one more than the, the, that other team in Pittsburgh, and well, we we go into restart mode, uh, and the Jarrett Stidham era begins. Patriots. All right, <laughs> there you have it, everybody. Fred picks his Patriots to win their seventh Super Bowl. I pick the Chiefs to win the first one for Andy Reid. Um, that's been our 2019 NFL preview. We broke it down into four shows. So make sure you get to the War Room Sports Podcast Network. Click on that Cover 2 tab, and you listen to the past four episodes especially so you can get our preview for that 2019 NFL season, which kicks off. In a matter of hours, good people. Fred, I know you got some things that you got to do tonight, so tell everybody 
where they can catch you on social media this weekend during these NFL games and this weekend during those college games, drinking they tough their trash. You can catch me on Twitter, Fred Purdue CFB. I've had some very interesting conversations when it comes to quarter I'm sorry, to running backs and contracts, that whole Zeke thing. Hit me up. I want you to at me. I usually say don't at me, but go ahead and at me. Uh college football. We have LSU, Texas. Uh, we also have Clemson, Texas A&M, my Miami Hurricanes. They're facing North Carolina. I'm going to be real busy this weekend. Can you tell? Hit me up on Twitter. All right. No doubt. So Fred, go ahead. Go ahead, partner. Go do what you got to do. I will land this puppy. Everybody out there, we'd like to thank you again for joining us for another episode of Cover 2. Um, you heard where you can get in touch with Fred. Me, I'm on Twitter, at DevMacWRSports or at War Room Sports. You can also go to the War Room Sports Facebook page for daily conversation on everything happening in the world of sports. I have a feeling that it's about to get football heavy. We got college football. We got NFL football. So make sure you stay with us on our social media platforms. Um, It's here, everybody. You've waited a long time for this. So good luck to your teams, unless they're in a division with mine or in a division with Fred's. Um, Other than that, we wish you as much luck as we can up until we can no longer wish you any luck. (laughs) So from my partner, Fred Purdue, I'm Devin McMillan. This has been another episode of Cover 2 with McMillan and Purdue. Don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top. Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.